Today's episode of Seven the Edge is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash setting edge. That's audibletrial.com slash setting edge. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash setting edge. I'm popping bottles tonight. Come do for a fight if you're ready. Yeah. I'm popping bottles, baby. I'm popping bottles, baby. I'm popping bottles tonight. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to episode 77 of the Seven the Edge podcast. I'm Justice Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at J U M O S Q. I'm here with my co host, Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at Four Verts and SB Nation. Say what's up to people, Chuck. Yeah, what's up? Hashtag employed, hashtag career man. Uh, yeah, so I start uh, starting up at SB Nation, senior NFL news desk writer. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, shout out to everyone who's supported throughout the way. And uh, it's just kind of cool to get a salary to, to do this shit, which is, which is a blessing for sure. So, yeah, can't wait to get started. Uh, going to do like... I think I know we have a big NFL previews project, but I'm not sure what else is is in the pipeline as of now. But yeah, I'll keep you guys posted for sure. Atta boy! All right, so today we're going to be talking about the AFC West. Unfortunately, <laughs> it, they're fun. They're fun. They're fun to talk about. But like, I don't are know. they? I think two I, of the teams are fun, and two of the teams like. It, okay, I, I don't even know are, why I would watch them. Two of the teams are fun. One team, it's fun to poop on their fan base, and the other team doesn't exist yeah that's yeah. fair so let's start off with the team that doesn't exist we're just gonna go uh in the order that they came in last year from worst to first so denver broncos number five what's their uh, win total for the season uh i had it down this was a while back i had it down to seven seven well i mean i guess it all depends on on how you feel about case keenum right yeah, I mean, a, a lot of it has to do with not Trevor Simeon, not not Paxton Lynch playing quarterback. So, um, I don't know. What do you what do you expect out of Case Keenum? Because I would say that Denver has depth at receiver, right? If you say that you know Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton are your number, you know, two or your number three, four, or five wide receivers, I think you feel pretty solid. But it doesn't seem like Denver's really trying to be like an all out, you know, passing force like the Kansas City Chiefs are. As much as they're like Demarius uh, Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are getting a ton of money and we're going to release, you know, one or both of them next season. And yeah. these are kind of like the backup plans. These are like forward pieces, not right now pieces. Yeah, they've had a, a, a handful of receivers. I think I think the uh, there was a draft Twitter favor they drafted last year. Carlos Henderson, who's I, I think last time yeah. he was on the outside looking in in terms of making a roster spot. but. For sure, they're kind of like on the plan where you know you need to kind of start playing for the future, and you know it, it remains to be seen if the guys they drafted can end up replacing them effectively. Demarius uh, Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, just because I think those two guys are kind of underrated and just been stuck with crap quarterback play the past few years. Uh, but when they get the chance, they can shine, and I, I kind of like Case in the sense that Case doesn't need things to be perfect around him for him to be a functional quarterback. And we saw that a lot in Minnesota last year, where if you just look at their sack percentage numbers, you say, oh my God, like this is one of the best pass blocking lines in the league and they improved so much. But that's not really the case. They still allowed a crap load of pressure. And this is kind of where the, I guess, the sack percentage value in, you know, just the sack rate at football outsiders where it can miss is they allowed a ton of pressure, but Case Keenum was just incredible in terms of mitigating that pressure and, and finding guys downfield so in that perspective like i think that case case is definitely better than what they had last year it's just kind of like are you going to get this minnesota case because that was just kind of like an aberration for the majority of his career yeah and their offensive line situation is kind of weird because they have like guys that you know but not necessarily guys who are like outperforming the value that they signed them to, right? So I, I think they have, like, a bunch of sunken cost in the offensive line because, like, even they were banking on a guy like Melanie Watson who's, like, was living off of junior college hype, right? Like, this guy wasn't good at, even at Florida State. He wasn't good with the Raiders. Um, he didn't turn out great. They just traded for, uh, what's his name, Veldier yeah. from Arizona. Um, Garrett Bowles looked fine until he got hurt. Remember, he got hurt, and everyone thought he was going to be out for the year. Then he came back, and he wasn't doing well. 
Um, he was only a rookie last year. You know, maybe give him some time. But He's even guys like though. he is. But I mean, we see with offensive linemen. We were talking with our friend Danny Kelly about uh, what's the name Ty Nitsky. Yeah. Whatever his name, yeah, for the for the Redskins about how someone should trade for him, and he's like a 29 year old who played like arena ball. Um, but even guys like on the inside, so like Ronald Leary, right? Not a bad guard, but for the money that they're giving him and what the expectations were coming in, not great. Um, and then Matt Paradis, who like, I mean, he was just banged up last year, but we'll we'll see how that turns out. But so the, they have they have names, they have recognizable names. Um, that like the casual fan might see and be like, oh, they're probably set on the offensive line. But if you look at, you know, the pieces as individuals, it's hard to say that any of those guys were above average last year. Yep, and if you just look at, it's, it's kind of I'm just looking at the the numbers that we had for the update, just looking at their offense where they ranked last year, and literally the only thing that they did well was uh, prevent tackles for losses. So they were 31st in adjusted net yards per temp value. So Pretty much second worst uh, pass offense. 29th in sack, sack percentage value, 18th in yards per rush value, 30th in points per play value, 31st in turnover percentage value, 28th in yards per play value, and 29th in first down percentage value. So they were just pretty much they were like pretty much as bad as the, the Browns' offense was last year, except their passing offense passing offense wasn't quite to the depths of hell where Cleveland was. But you know, th- it was an offense that, that didn't do anything right last year, and I guess you kind of hope that Case Keenan can come and and steady the ship because it's not like this offense is completely depleted of talent. It's just kind of hard when you are going back and forth. It's just you got to you got to squint at it a little bit. Yeah, you got to squint at it a little bit and obviously, you know, they've given up on the Paxton Lynch experiment. He can't play and Trevor Simeon is, you know, as far as seventh round picks go, that's a hit, but he's still Trevor Simeon. So you kind of have to go out and take a big swing at quarterback with Case Keenum. Uh, um, let, yeah. Let's talk about this real quick. Is Case Keenum their best offensive player? I mean, I I still, maybe, but I would still probably lean with, with one of those receivers, Thomas or Sanders. Yeah, I, be, I bet one of them pans out, but if you had to ask me, who I would bet on, I would probably bet on Keenum being like their best player this year. Because like, if you're watching their offense, what are you tuning in for? Is it going to be Royce Freeman, who like people forgot about because he played at Oregon for so long? Um, if it's you know one of these receivers who are you know almost out the door, it's not like they really have a tight end right now. Their offensive line isn't great. They're just kind of in a weird spot where I just don't I just don't find that offense really interesting, but. Keenum definitely is going to have to play that like escapability, like Archie Manning role again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't really know what else there is to say about their offense. I mean, there's, there's not really much interesting going on that side of the ball. It's like, can Keenum come in and give you average quarterback play? And if he does, that's a tremendous upgrade over what you had last year, and you know that could make you playoff. Uh, at least competitive, like maybe you're you're in that wild card discussion late in the season, but you know with the quarterback situation they had last year, they really had no chance from the jump. Uh, on the flip side of the ball, I, I think the Broncos defense is really interesting, just on like a study on how turnovers on the offensive side can really just fuck over your defense like tremendously. So I mean, I mean they weren't they weren't a good defense last year, but they weren't like catastrophically bad. But I think where you can see where they kind of got hosed by turnovers and offenses, you look at their yards per play value. They were third in the league in terms of the amount of plays they gave up. I mean, the yards uh, they gave up on a per play basis, but they were 30th in points per play. So you kind of get stuck where your offense is turning the ball over a lot. And uh, I know when I was looking at the football outsiders number, they had, I think they had the worst average starting field position of any defense in the league. So it's kind of hard when you have like these guys like uh, I don't know last year keep to leave and Chris Harris who might be aging a little bit and you don't have another bona fide pass rusher across from Von Miller at least last season you didn't uh, that's kind of where you kind of see it start to fall apart and then you ha- you add the offensive turnovers on top of that so I, I mean getting Bradley Chubb is going to help but I don't really know how to feel about this defense as a whole but I don't think they were as bad last year as the number suggested yeah they had a couple guys who did better than I thought? You know, Derek Wolf was a guy who did worse, though. Actually, like yeah. Shelby Shelby Harris, I think is the guy who kind of broke out for him. He was, I think, he was an undrafted rookie last year, and then uh, Derek Wolf definitely got worse. So you're hoping for for a bounce back for Wolf because you can't really have a declining Wolf next to Domo Tapeco. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's not really what you want to do with your interior line. 
Yeah, I think I think what's interesting about the also about the the Broncos and the Browns defense. If you just look at it, like these were the top two teams in defending the run by a pretty wide margin. I mean, they were the only team that uh, on a, on a per carry basis they allowed three. They were the only two teams allowed like three hundred yards fewer than the average NFL team on a per carry basis, and both of those teams gave up a boatload of points. So it's just kind of funny looking at it when you look at Demata Peco. He had he had a good season like for him, but it just kind of goes to show that that run defense doesn't matter really at all over 16 games. <laughs> yeah. The the pass rush thing is going to be interesting to me too cuz I know people don't like talking about contract numbers, right? But when things are super drastic, they they become significant. So like the Indomitian Sioux thing, right? Where Miami had what was it, 3 years to prepare for what they were going to do with Indomitian Sioux in 2018, and what they ended up doing is they ended up backloading and guaranteeing more money to the point where they basically couldn't pay him, but they had to pay him to go away, so they got nothing for Ndamukong Um The closest thing that we're probably going to see to that situation in the league is Denver right now with Von Miller. Because Von Miller right now is making – so guess what Von Miller's cap hit is this year? Mm, is it over 20? No, it's way lower. I don't know. It's 10. It's $10 million for a cap hit, right? Next year, it jumps up to $25 million. Which is a pretty like, uh, impossible a... <laughs> number to hit to pay a pass rusher. Like we we haven't seen this in the NFL. And then so the thing too is you can't really backload it because there isn't any space to give Von Miller more money or guarantee him more playing time if you can't already pay him twenty five million because his next cap hits are so it's uh twenty five point one, twenty five point six, twenty two point two. So there's really no place that you can really backload this money into and then release him. Um, so the Broncos are kind of in a weird situation where next offseason we might see Von Miller go and Bradley Chubb not just be the Shane Ray replacement, but also the Von Miller replacement. I don't, I don't think that's completely out of the question at this point. Yeah, it's not. But at the same time, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to let that kind of talent go. You know, even if you're going to pay him all that money, like it's still a, a really. It is, and I, th- I think that's make. why they, I think that's part of why they did what they did at wide receiver. Um, definitely, but it, it's just hard for me to. It just hasn't happened, you know what I mean? It just yeah. hasn't happened in the NFL to see a pass rusher like actually get quarterback money, not on paper, but like physically take get paid that much, you know, in terms of cap hits. So because we haven't seen that, and because the only thing that we've seen close to that um, resulted in Ndamukong walking and just joining the Rams for fun, um, it, it just that's just an interesting thing for me to track this year. Yeah, and you know their secondary. I think their secondary has got to be a pretty. They, they got. I don't really know what to to make of it because you know Chris Harris. He's really he's starting to get up in there in age. It's weird. Like the that 2011 draft class is is starting to get old, and I don't really know how I feel about it. Like I think AJ Green's going to turn 30 soon. Julio Jones just hit 29. Like it's it's kind of jarring because you know that was. I think that was one of the. At least, like for our age group, that was like one of the defining drafts of of stars. For sure, yeah, like where we kind of grew up with these guys watching the middle school, and they've been there as we grow up. It's kind of weird to see them get old, but uh, Chris Harris, Bradley Roby, and William, somebody named William Parks, are uh, no, they're gonna it's gonna be the uh, Yidium, the Boston College cornerback that they oh, took in the top oh, yeah. 100. yeah, that's right. He, they took. Him I can't. T- I can't tell you much about him, but Neither Scout can. Scout Twitter liked it. Okay, uh, so you're gonna have those three guys as your top three, and you know it's it just kind of a matter of where is Chris Harris a year from now, and is Bradley Roby is Bradley Roby gonna get an extension from them? I'd, I'd assume so. Yeah, I, I would assume so. Um, he checks pretty much every box. I, I would worry about him walking away, and then you know having a Casey Hayward type of situation going on. Yeah, that he walked. But like Denver's been hemorrhaging talent on defense for three years now. Like, at some point, they're going to have to lock some of these guys up. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's their cap situation looking like? I don't think they're in a bad spot. I think they're in a bad spot next year, but it's all, like, fluff money. You know what I mean? Because they're guys like um, the wide receivers and stuff who can, like, be gone instantly. Yeah. Uh, And their safety situation is is interesting. I want to see if if Sula Cravens can kind of – I mean, that's kind of a long shot just because he hasn't played in a year. But if he can get back to where he looked like as a rookie and kind of pick up where he left off – 
that could be a, a pretty big acquisition for them just on nickel downs because you can get you can get Todd Davis off the field who was just atrocious, not, not atro- good, especially in pass coverage. Like he he just can't yeah. play. So you if gotta, they use if they use Sewell, like that that guy in Baltimore that we talked about, I forget what his name is, the dude who's like half safety, half linebacker for Portland State. Um, if they use him like that, I can see him getting Sue Sue could get four hundred snaps in a season easy. Yeah. Uh, so as a team, I mean, it's it, it wouldn't be surprising to like see this collection of talent kind of get their shit together and go on a on a little playoff run. But I, I don't. I just don't really know what to make of this defense moving forward. Just because I think you you have like some age questions in the secondary where you know you just signed Darian Stewart from Baltimore. Chris Harris is getting up there in age, and now you're depending on. Uh, a rookie in Isaac Gideon to kind of fill that third cornerback slot, or but if if he doesn't pan out, it's going to be something you know kind of worse than that. Maybe even a situation where Tremaine Brock ends up getting snaps. But uh, I, I think the I think what's going to be interesting to see is how does Von Miller play this year, and if he justifies getting that quarterback cap hit next season. Because I mean, I think I think Aaron Donald's probably going to get quarterback money, right? Yeah, but the thing is, he's not gonna like actually get yeah. the court. Like on paper, yeah. it will be right, but in it's, it'll be in three, four years when he's actually commanding twenty five million or whatever. It's it's these contracts are really backloaded. Yeah, uh, where are you on the over under for the Broncos? Because this is one team I I just I haven't been able to figure out. I think I think I'm on the under honestly because I just kind of see this team as like a team kind of like. I guess Chicago, right? Where you're like you're starting to put it together, but you're like pieces away. Where I'm like I I can't figure out one player that I would worry about on your offense, right? Yeah, like you you might run- be able to play base defense the entire time. Their running back situation is not good either, unless Royce Freeman just blows up. Because right, not- people are super excited about Royce Freeman, but at the end of the day, like we see running backs not pan out all the time. Yeah, I mean the people were excited about Devontae Booker too, and he's not good at all. Right. So. Yeah, I, I, like their running back situation, they don't have anyone that scares you as a pass catcher. So it's really just going to be, and then you you have you know Jake Jeff Hooerman and Jake Butt coming off of injuries, like as as tight end prospects. Uh, so it, you know it's it just you know or Hooerman he got hurt a few years ago, but he hasn't really panned down. Jake Butt he's going to come back this year. So you know it, there's nothing that's really scary about the offense and the defense. They. I think they should be good against the run again this year. It just kind of matters how that secondary shapes up, and they really need they need Justin Simmons to kind of start taking strides too. Just because I think when you I think people kind of underrate the importance that third round picks need to have because you you kind of need those guys to develop into yeah. consistent starters within the first two years, and I'm not sure that Justin Simmons has been that guy yet. He's gotten playing time, but I, I wouldn't say that he stood out in any sort of way. They they've kind of bombed on some, cause uh what what's his name uh Brendan Langley he was like the kid from like Texas Tech or Texas State or whatever yeah he was like you know Sun Belt's borderline FCS conference so he he was drafted in the third round too and he hasn't really done anything and he was kind of like the original like first plan for like when Akib ages out and now it's Isaac Yidium so it's like you're already making picks to make up for picks that have missed in the past to replace aging players. So I was like, oh, that's not really a good spot that you need to be in. Like, these guys got to start hitting at some point. Yeah. Uh, so I'll take the other two, and we can kind of move on to, uh, I guess, a little bit more interesting team, the Oakland Raiders, or the Oakland John Gruden's, the Oakland locked up for John 100 Gruden. million, 100 million dollars. Ten years, 100 million dollars. Must be nice. Uh, but the Raiders, they're kind of... They're, they're mostly just kind of fun to, to poke at a little bit because their fan base gets so riled up. But I just it, the the John Gruden factor is just such a wild card to me because he hasn't done anything in coaching for a really really long time. And when he did win that Super Bowl, it was like it was Tony Dungy's team for the most part, and then they kind of fell apart in the years after that Super Bowl. So I don't really know how first of all how good of a coach John Gruden is. And second of all, are we sure that Derek Carr has it in him to come and rebound and, and I guess, give you a a top 10-ish season? David Carr said that he's the third best quarterback in football. Fourth best quarterback. Fourth best. Sorry for my slander. I'll be hearing from his fucking lawyers. Um, 
Who who is the so let's play this game again. Who is the the most dangerous skill player in Oakland right now on the offensive side? Amari probably, and he's fat right now. I said, yeah, I was gonna say I saw <laughs> I saw the Alshon Jeffrey picture of Amari Cooper. You can't trick me on that one. He's 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 gained weight and like he's dropping the ball a lot. What, yeah. What's going on there? That I, was, can't, I can't really figure it out. That was a big issue for him dropping the ball last year. That was, I, I mean, you you had that you said that one of he had one catch that counted for like 13% of his total yardage for the season. Was oh, that, yeah. He had some like 89 yarder. And yeah, one one yeah. of his catches cost like 15% of his, his yardage, which is insane. Yeah. So he, he just wasn't really that productive last year. And just as a whole, like their passing game, they were about le- they were about average uh, in terms of adjusting the yards per temp value. They were 15th. They were fourth in sack percentage value. So that offensive line or the way they kind of construct that passing game they they did they still didn't allow that much pressure in that many hits, but they got, their run their run blocking really fell off. They fell from uh, hold on eighth in terms of tackle for loss percentage value in 2016 to 22nd in 2017, and they were 29th in turnover percentage value. So I don't know what really happened there in terms of them dropping that far off in terms of tackle for loss percentage value, but they turned the ball over a lot, and that really is what inhibited them in terms of scoring. Uh, scoring points because they still move the ball pretty well they were 12th in terms of yards for play value it's just you know they they struggled to they struggled to keep the ball they're just a weird team because i really don't see that big of a threat coming out of the backfield as a pass catcher right so i'm not really worried about like screens draws that type of stuff with this team and then i'm really just not worried about them passing the ball at all like jared cook okay Jordy Nelson can't get open, you know, beyond 15 yards anyway. Amari Cooper is dropping everything, and Martavis Bryant might not be able to piss clean and even play this season. So, I I don't know. I just don't I just don't see it with this team. As, as they're not really exciting to me. Um, the weirdest thing to me about this team is that their Super Bowl odds are still higher than the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. Which makes no sense because the Jaguars probably have. I, I know for a fact they have a better defense than them, and they probably have a better offense than them too. So I don't really know what's going on there. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um, people just. I don't know. It's probably the Gruden stuff. It's probably like hashtag the Raiders are back stuff, right? Where it's just hype around a big team with a big brand that's a big name. I just don't really understand it though. No, neither do I. And it, you just. I mean, on paper, when you, if you just kind of read through what they have, and you're kind of a, like an, uh, I guess, a novice football fan, if you just kind of read through what they have uh, with Derek Carr, like their interior offensive line is good. It's, but it's like really the good. other guys. Yeah, the other guys are like, I mean, you don't want to say has-beens, but uh, I mean, you got Colton Miller. He's He's got he's got the tools to develop into something really special. He does, but, but this I, year, I worry about him very early on, though. This year, it could look like some Jeremy like some Jeremy Searles shit, where you just can't really play. But he he he's got the traits that almost hits just about every single time. But like if you just run through what they have: Derek Carr, Donald Penn, Kletchy Assembly, Ronnie Hudson, Gabe Jackson, Colton Miller, Jared Cook, Amari Cooper, Jordan Nelson, Martavis Bryant, Marshawn Lynch, Doug Martin, like. You could trick someone into thinking that that's a good offense, but they they weren't a good offense last year, and you just have like this whole new wild card with Gruden where he's going to be calling the shots, but I don't know what to expect from him because it's just been so long since he, he's done something like this. What was their over-under? Uh, seven and a half. Seven and yeah. a half? Yeah, seven and a half. Okay. I mean, and, and when you look at the Raiders, where it really falls apart is their defense. I mean... This is not like there's. I don't really. They're starting Leon Hall, man, in 2018. It's <laughs> uh, we don't even. We don't even like. They drafted PJ Hall in the second round of the draft. Yeah, a defensive tackle from the FCS who said that he was surprised that he was drafted in the second round. He wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I, I think it kind of evens out with the Hurst pick later. So like, I, I I hope Hurst pans out. Yeah, but I hope he does too. And, buddy, and, the med- medical guys who fall down that far, like the, the you know watch, watching guys on YouTube videos is very different than like them actually su- succeeding in the NFL. Right. And I've seen so many of those guys. Like, Owo was a guy who could play, right? Omabe Odigazua, 
Yeah. Who's drafted in the third round by UC, uh, from out of UCLA by the Giants? He, he no basically hits. didn't do anything. Uh, Tank Carradine was a guy who, coming out of Florida State, um, was phenomenal on film, but like he fell in the draft because of injuries, and it basically panned out. Like the the Carl Lawsons of the world are not normal. The NFL isn't necessarily dumb. Yeah, it, it's just when you look at this defense. What's changed from last year? Like, what scares you besides Khalil Mack? I mean, they've added a little bit more at linebacker, but like, they still might end up be like have they might end up having to start uh, Derek Johnson. So yeah, and even then, like Derek Johnson, he can't run anymore to hear. No, that's what I'm. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, they might have to start Derek Johnson. That's not a good thing. Yeah. So when you when you look at see, you have a bunch of linebackers who can't cover, which is. It's 2018, man. What what are we doing here? Like, if your linebackers can't run, that's a serious problem for your defense. Uh, and in the in the secondary, you have some, you still have some lottery tickets there with Garyon Conley. Who I mean, he, yeah, that's the thing that I would say. Like Conley played like 50 snaps or something, right? Last year. So, you, so I'm not I'm not ready to like bury him necessarily. Yeah, so you, you do have a chance for a competent a competent like CB duo because I do like Rashawn Melvin. I thought he was I thought he played really well last year in Indy. Uh, and Conley, he he should he sh- if he's healthy, he should be fine. Uh, I mean, not even fine, like good, perhaps, like really good. But uh, he Carl- kept Denzel Ward on the bench, man. Yeah, he, he he was a good college player. He was really I really like I really liked him coming out, and then yeah. like the weird stuff from like the, whatever happened in Cleveland came and then, out, and then he got hurt, and then he got hurt. Yeah, it was just bad bad, bad couple months for the buddy. Just kind of got to hit the reset button here. But you got another lottery ticket with Obi Melawanfu. Hopefully he can kind of hopefully he can get Reggie Nelson out the starting lineup. Uh and then Carl Joseph, I don't know what to make of him cuz like you see the flashes where it's like okay, this could be one of the better safeties in the league, but overall it should, it hasn't especially last year I don't I don't think was particularly good for him. No, they definitely had uh a massive issue in the secondary. If you look at our NEA value numbers and stuff like that, they they rank super low. Yeah, they were um, last. <laughs> not just super yeah. low, they were dead last. There we go. Super su- super low is last for me. And not even um, like super low. They had one of the worst pass defenses in NFL history last year. It was it was really really bad. Like, they, I'm not shocked, bro. It was like Khalil. It was like can Khalil Mack get to this quarterback before he hits like this his seven step drop because they're bombing it. Yeah. So usually like the way you you look at the adjusting the yards per attempt value, like once you start to hit like either plus like 800 or minus 800, like that area, that's where you start to see teams that either if you're if you're like in the if you're over 800 for adjusting the yards per attempt value, you're usually winning a lot of games unless you like the fucking Chargers and just can't get out of your own way. But in, and if you're towards the bottom, that means you're starting to enter like historically bad uh, area. In terms of like, if you're 800 yards below average, that's really not a good sign. So, for example, last year the Cleveland Browns offense, they were uh, almost 1,500 yards worse than the average passing offense, which <laughs> <laughs> from red zone interceptions, like exclusively red zone interceptions. Yeah. that's so wild and, to me. And, sa- and sacks too. Like they just, yeah. I don't know. It, it was it was bad. So once you start to reach that area, you have a serious problem, and I just don't know if they've done enough, especially. Like, the, who's who's? There's no pass rush that really scare you outside of Mac. Maybe Irvin gets hot for a game here or there, but you're kind of relying on Arden. You're relying on Arden Key. Relying yeah, on Arden because like they're they're doing weird things with their like hybrid ends where they're basically playing them at at tackle. Right? Um, we saw this with fuck. What's his name? Dinico Altry. I think that's how you say his name. Something the dude like who just the dude who just signed with the Colts. Um, Mario Edwards is kind of in that same role too where he was a second round pick and now he's like a five tech basically a five to a three undersized three which is not really what you want to see a second round pick develop into i would say that the sleeper there is probably like fatal brown i don't remember if you remember me talking about him coming out of the draft he was fighting off an injury and didn't get drafted but we'll see like those guys half the time don't even make the team so as it is right now their third best pass rusher like the hope of their pass rush improving is arden key who at one point was like 232 pounds or something like that he i mean as pro day he was sub 240 or 48 so i don't know yeah what's the point uh so i i think i'm gonna go under just because his defense looks like it's gonna be atrocious yet again and with the offense i i don't i just i really just don't know what to expect from this offense like if they kind of rebounded and had 
a top 10 season, like that wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world. But I, you, I think you have to have like a lot of things go right, including Marshawn Lynch rewinding the block like three or four years for that to happen, which is wild. Like I, I don't, I'm kind of surprised they didn't really go after one of these backs in the class and, and decide to, to stick with Marshawn Lynch and Doug Martin, but to each their own. Um, yeah. They, they're, they're at a weird spot right now. I really, yeah. Cause the thing is like, you would think that the, the big fallout from like Sashi, right? The Sashi issue in Cleveland was that he didn't really have the job security to, to execute the plan that he wanted to get done. Right. Gruden is like the one guy with the job security. He, he has a hundred million dollars on a 10 year contract for the brokest owner uh, for an NFL franchise, right? And he's just basically spending the early years of this rebuild on, like, aging veterans. Yeah, it's... Uh... Where it's like you you would think that, okay, they're going to go young at running back, and instead they draft... Or they tr- they uh, grab Doug, Mar- uh, Doug Martin. And then at receiver, they're grabbing Jordy Nelson, and then they're trading for Martavis Bryant. It's like, I, I just don't really... Get it? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I don't understand either. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go under on the win total. So we've got under for the Broncos, and oh my god, did I just talk myself into the Chargers? Like, there we go, Chargers shit. Yeah, it's the off. It's the off season. It We're is, all Chargers I, fans. I'm so. not. I'm not a Chargers fan, but okay. <laughs> let, you know, I'll just say under for the Raiders win total. Uh, so got under for the Broncos, under for the Raiders. Let's talk about the Chargers because every year this team is just severely underachieving. I mean, we, we've talked about it ad nauseum, but last year, if they don't let that uh, young ho coup guy, uh, the kicker who kind of took the nation by storm during the preseason, if they didn't let him tank like those first four games of the season, we're talking about a team that probably is playing a home playoff game come uh, – like come postseason time, but they dug themselves Easy. to an they're, or- they're they're a wild card team where they win the AFC West for sure. Right. So they were, you know, they were close. I mean, they were definitely quality wise. They were uh, a top four seed, maybe even a top three uh, seed in the AFC. But they just get in their own way every year, and they have to dig themselves out of holes. And when you start off, when you start off zero and four, it's so hard to get back into the playoffs because now you have to be perfect every week for the rest of the season, uh, just about. Like, if you start 0-4... Real, real, real stat, if you're 0-2 in the NFL, there's a 90% chance you don't make the playoffs. Right. That's how important 0-2 is, not just 0-4. Yeah, so, I mean, it's small sample sizes, and we talk about that a lot, but 16 games is not a lot. So if you get off to an 0-2 start or an 0-4 no, start... No, and, and you, have to, you have to be, like... You have to win, like, five more games than you lose, basically, to make the playoffs. Right. And you're starting off in the holes, and that's where the targets <laughs> yeah, were. Big, big hole, big hole. Yeah. And even still, they still almost made like a little push towards the end. And you see, like, if so, let's just run through. They're the, a good team, right? They're, they're a good team. They are a good team. Uh, so like, if you just look at their numbers for the update, they were third in adjusted yards per attempt value, so they had the third best pass offense in the league, uh, first by a pretty good margin in terms of sack percentage value. Uh, they didn't run the ball that well, but who cares? They were 27th in tackle for loss percentage, 25th in yards per rush uh, value. Uh, they were 16th in points per play, 4th in turnover percentage. They didn't even turn the ball over that much. 5th in yards per play, 6th in first down percentage. But, you know, <laughs> so this is like one of the elite offenses in the league, and they just can't get out of their own way because, you know, they're the Chargers. But I think they, they, have, they have one of the best pass rushes in the NFL, 1-2 combos, and then... Uh, in the secondary, like now in the secondary, it's I don't loaded, like who, because <laughs> Jason Verrett's back. They for they now. drafted they for now. They drafted Derwin James, small cornerback. By the way, they drafted Derwin James. Desmond King broke out as like a nickelback. Um, Dude, and the guy this, like they have this Trevor other... Trevor Williams. I was about like to say. Trevor Williams, people don't understand how good Trevor Williams is. Um, and then they have Casey Hayward, who like you could argue is the top cornerback in the league right now. So. It was so funny because I was watching Chargers games a lot towards the end of the season. I was watching them, and they had that cornerback, Trevor Williams. I was like, yo, this kid is a stud. Like, he, he no matter who they're going against, like he's up to the challenge. So I think that this is a – like, when you look at their defense, it's kind of stacked. You know, you, Casey – like you said, Casey Hayward, Derwin James, but Jason if, Verrett. If you, if you ignore the middle of the field, it is, for right. sure. And I mean, like, I, if you ignore D-tackle and linebacker, which, again, where a team running game doesn't matter. But – I mean, but even – They're off. 
you know, Corey Legion, now that Ingram's on suspension. Bo- oh, he is? I'm yeah, he's suspended the first four games of the year. Okay. Well, you know, okay. Well, that was, I was about to say, you, even now that you have Ingram and Bosa kind of blowing up, he even he's kind of benefited that from that a little bit uh, last season. So I think you, you look at the defense, and this is a, a good unit. And I, I think even Denzel Perryman is, is a solid starting linebacker, and their offense is loaded with talent outside of – I mean, Melvin Gordon's a good back, but I don't, I don't think he's anything special. Like, he's, no, he's not like do, – do you, do you, would, would you pick up the fifth-year option no. on Melvin Gordon? No, probably not. I, I'm with you. No. Uh, I let him hit free agency, and I say thank you very much for your time. Yep, and we'll just draft somebody else in the next season. Not in the first round, though. Um, I mean, when you look at their offensive line, Okung, he's not, he's not awful. Uh, Feeney. He's good. They're paying him way too fucking much. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. Not in a way, not in a way that really hurts him. Uh, so they got Okung, Feeney, Mike Pouncey at center, uh, Forrest Lamp coming back from an injury. I, I, I feel like you should feel pretty good about Forrest Lamp if you're a Chargers fan, just because his injury happened so early that he should be well back to a hundred percent. Yeah. Right I would, now. I would worry more about Feeney and his concussions long-term. Yeah, what Forrest Lamp went through for sure. And, you know, Forrest Lamp. I think just about everybody was high on him. He was a high draft pick for a reason. Uh, super duper athletic guard. He should feel like right in with what Anthony Anthony Lynn likes to do. So you know, it's just kind of like when you look at the Chargers roster, they don't have too many holes. It's just kind of when are you going to grow up and put on your big boy pants and stop <laughs> stop fucking up? Yeah, uh, the one spot that they're fucked right now is tight end. Because yeah, Virgil, Virgil is legit Virgil Green, and then guys who have never caught an NFL reception. So yeah, but I mean that's that's okay when you because you can just go three receiver sets. Because I mean Keenan Williams, Tyrell Williams, and Mike Williams. Do you like Philip Rivers has had like a billion offensive coordinators at this point, and he plays the exact same way no matter who who is there. He's going to he's going to the tight end. Some tight end is getting at least five hundred yards this I year. I mean, and it might now it might be Virgil Green out of out of absolutely nowhere. So Philip Rivers has a wife and like forty kids. He's not afraid to talk his back to some NFL offensive coordinator. He's he's battle tested. <laughs> uh, so. You know what? What was the uh, what's your like over under for this team? Nine. Nine. Oof. I mean that that's. I mean we we talked about it last week or last time on the NFC South podcast. Nine is is a really. You're you're high on the Chargers. Pretty high. This is like tie. So these are the teams that I have at nine: Jacksonville, Kansas City. Spoiler alert on Kansas City. Atlanta, the Chargers. Uh, New Orleans and Pittsburgh. Those are the teams with nine. Right. Uh, so I'm just looking at their 2018 schedule. And it, it's not, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be crazy for them. I, it's just kind of hard for me to trust this team, you know, just because they, they always screw up. Uh, like, okay, so let's say, what, first of all, would any loss to any team surprise you? No, they can they can lose at any point. To I mean, any team. They, they almost lost to uh, they almost lost to the Browns, right? They did. Or did they lose to the Browns? They lost to the Browns the year before with RG three when that they had when they had eight sacks, nine sacks against RG three, and they. Ended I'm, up I'll, I'll be off by one. I'll be off by a number. Yeah, and then I mean, even last year, you know, they that was only uh, I think it was less than six point win for them while Deshaun Kaiser is actively point shaving during that game. Uh, <laughs> it, it, they're just kind of, they're, I mean, let's let's talk about Deshaun Kaiser real quick. He got fat, buddy. Did he really? I'm he showed up the Packers camp fat. I'm gonna send you a text of this picture right now. Uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, he was awful in that game. I remember there was a. I, I used one of his plays from that game in my Sloan conference presentation. Uh, if you want to listen to me talk about Sloan, check out our our uh, Godfather Matt Wellman's podcast. I was on there a couple weeks ago talking about it. But there's this play versus the Chargers that he has where he's he takes a snap, doesn't like what he sees, and they're in the red zone too. And he just kind of waits and waits and waits, and the pocket starts collapsing, and he keeps waiting, and he bails towards the sideline. Joey Bosa just hawks him down for a, a strip sack, and it, it got them like just to the edge of field goal range. It's just stuff like that. With, the interception with, with, that he threw against the Packers in, I oh think it was in my, overtime. Yeah, that's it, the that's the worst football play I've ever seen. It was life. it was like second down too. The, it, you still had a couple downs <laughs> yeah, to try to get the first just down. Like, he was like, I'm throwing this touchdown now. It gets hit and it goes like five yards straight into yeah, it. I remember <laughs> I remember I, I ended up watching that game like a few days after it happened and I was just going through the all twenty two and I saw that play and I tweeted it out and there were people like 
seriously trying to critique the play. You know, he ran back like probably 10 yards, got obliterated by five guys and like launched it up into the middle of the field. And people were like critiquing, oh, you know, if he did this and not that. And not that. I was like, dude, let's just leave it at don't ever do something like that. In the middle of a football <laughs> it game. looks like a comedy. Right. It looks like a comedy sketch. It was like something from like the NFL follies that they used to do. Right. That's what they, like, if you put me on an NFL field, that's what it would look like. Me snapping the ball, panicking, realizing I don't want to get hit by 250 pound guys that can run like receivers. <laughs> oh wait, this isn't fun. Yeah, this, this is really this, is, really, fun. this <laughs> really isn't fun. And I'll just throw the ball up and spare my body and see what happens. Uh, but with the with the back, game back to the Chargers. They could they could easily go you know eleven and five just because they're a really complete team. It's just kind of hard for me to get on it. But for the sake of of solidarity, I'll go I'll go over on that nine. Yeah, me too. This team's gonna win. This team's gonna get like a a bye in the AFC playoffs, and then they're gonna lose to like the Titans or something. Or they're gonna go, or they're gonna go seven and nine and play a bunch of one score games again and keep bucking the trend on, on losing they're gonna go like they're gonna go like seven seven and two or something and miss the playoffs by a half game the first would, would they be the first team to ever tie two games no because there there used to be like way back there when there wasn't overtime oh okay. teams teams would tie all the time because football was awful and unwatchable yeah. just until run, the 70s just running the ball and mashing into each other Fo- football started in 1978 when they started allowing uh, offensive linemen to pass block with their hands i'll, I'll agree with that take uh, and the last one before we get to questions, the last team, um, the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, that's right. So, welcome in. What? Well, let's welcome the Mahomes era. I mean, I don't, do I don't know what to expect, but I'm here for just about every Chiefs game because they're going to play a style of offense that's going to be really, really fun. I mean, you have Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, uh, Travis Kelsey, and now you have. A rocket launcher under center that's going to be a boatload of fun even if it's not always pretty and then they're going to be playing catch up all the time because that defense is that they don't really have any real football players on it besides uh just is jay Houston. is justin houston but they're dropping him in the coverage every play yeah and, and like then, chris jones is taking every other snap off anyway, right so. i was about to say it's justin houston <laughs> justin houston when he's not in coverage and chris jones when he feels like it so <laughs> chris jones up there down yeah it's a it's a weird team for sure because I think I kind of know what I'm expecting from from Patrick Mahomes. I just don't expect it to be consistent. You know what I mean? Like I expect extreme highs and extreme lows pretty early on. Like his growing pains are going to be fun to watch. Oh yeah, I uh, would just take it as like entertainment value. You know what I mean? Like right. it, it don't don't watch Kansas City because you think you're going to watch like a a perfectly executed football game. Watch Kansas City because you're you're going to see some shit. Yeah, uh, and and that's fine. It's going to be like a Big 12 game every week. I cannot wait for the Texans-Chiefs game. I mean, that they they got to figure a way to get that into prime time just because you're going to have two. You <laughs> got to be 56 to 60. Yeah, and it's, you're going to have two quarterbacks who really don't care about throwing it down the field with Watson and Mahomes. I mean, they're here for whatever happens once they let that ball go out of their hands, whether it's an interception or a touchdown. And I think you kind of have to just respect that style of play and it's going to be fun to watch. So I hope, I really do hope they get a chance to flex that into like some primetime slot because that's going to be just one of the most fun games of the year because neither team is going to be able to stop each other. And you just got two young quarterbacks that are, are hopefully going to be playing well. Uh, their defense is just, I mean, I, I, I like Kendall Fuller. I liked Kendall Fuller more at the prospect of him playing with Marcus Peters, but that obviously didn't happen. So, like, with him being by far your best cornerback, I'm not sh- I'm not sure how I feel about that, even though I do think he's a good player. And then at safety, you got Eric Berry coming off injury. And uh, the other safety besides him is... No, there, there is no other safety. There are two defensive backs in Kansas City. It's Kendall Fuller and Eric Berry. All right, I'm I'm okay with that. The 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 biggest confusion I have with their offseason is why did they give Anthony Hitchens that contract? I mean, they they kind of figured out that they could just trade for someone like Reggie Ragland for chump change and be fine. So I don't know why they felt like they had to go give Hitchens that contract. That was the biggest confusion to me. Yeah, and they just like keep they keep doubling down on like the flex end type of guys, right? So they have yeah. Chris Jones, who like Chris Jones is who he is. He's kind of like Mo Woke in the way where it's like when he wants to, he's going to be good. And I, I don't know how you get that out of him. I don't, I haven't met the dude, right? But then they spent money or they spent a second round pick on Tano Passing Joe. I can't say his name. Yeah, Tano, something like that. 
Tano. Tano, Tano from Villanova, um, who is kind of like he's almost at risk to be the next Jihad Ward, right? Where it's like he's a tall guy who wasn't really athletic, and he might not even see the field before he ends up on a different team. And then this year they drafted Braylon Speaks out of Ole Miss, who's kind of the same mold. And basically their their idea was like, yeah, on base downs we can rush him and then we'll kick him inside, which also means that you're not freeing up Justin Houston, who just keeps dropping back into coverage even though he's making twenty million dollars a year. Which yeah. like it's not Justin Houston's fault. Like Justin Houston's good. I think we saw it a couple times like uh, what was it the second half of the New England game last year, where he just revved it up and just put pressure on him constantly. Um, but when Kansas City wants to drop three, or when they want to rush three and drop drop uh, eight, they'll just full on do it. Yep, and yeah, that's that's it's just kind of weird the way that they structure their own defense. Like they're it's like they're almost they're trying to make life harder for themselves, and I don't understand. Like they're they're doing everything on earth to not complement Justin Houston's skill set, and that's it's like kind of the opposite of what they're doing on offense, honestly. Where they're just like, yeah, just keep just keep adding speed to the point where like Kareem Hunt is Kareem Hunt the fourth. Like if you're if you're ranking skill players you want to see in space on that team, is Kareem Hunt fourth on that list? Yeah, and he's a, he's an assassin. <laughs> he would be number one on other teams. Right, where it's on, like, on, on just keep adding teams. speed. Just just keep being the team that you don't want to see in space. And then on defense, they're just like, yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna figure we're just this gonna, out next year. We're just gonna slog this out. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna figure this one out next year. But I mean, even their offensive line is is pretty solid. I mean, Mitch Morse, sure. he's a hit. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz. Schwartz is good. Yeah, he's good. Eric, uh, Eric Fisher came onto his own after having a rough start to his career. Yeah, and even this guy, the MD, the guy, uh, Larry. Uh, yeah, Larry. Let's call him Larry. Larry. Uh, <laughs> D, Larry DT. Larry DT MD. Uh, he's not bad in his own right, and I, I'm pretty sure he just got a, a nice contract extension. Yeah, I was summer. gonna say he just he just got paid. You might not want to say that too loud. Yeah, uh, so he he can play. So they they have guys really all over their offense that can play. I mean, this is one of the more cohesive units in the league is just going to be you know can they score enough points to keep up with the amount of points that their defense is going to give up because just when you look at their talent compared with their play calling which is also pretty shoddy i think it could be a long season for them on that side of the ball but you know if if the over under is 9.5 i have it at nine nine yeah it's just kind of hard for me because with this defense and a rookie quarterback, essentially, or not not essentially, but you know, a guy that hasn't played that much, but I, I think I'm going to take the under, and I just pick the Chargers to win the division. I think I think I'm a push, push, push. online, but I I agree on the Chargers, our Chargers. I think you could find them. Uh, you want to know the weirdest thing about the Kansas City Chiefs? Actually, now that I remember, they're like plus four forty to win the AFC West, the 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 worst odds for an AFC West team. What do you what do you think about that? So like the Broncos and Raiders have are are more likely in the eyes of books to win the AFC West than Kansas City, and I think Kansas City in the past three years has lost like two games in the division. Uh, that doesn't make too much sense to me. It doesn't to me either. I, I took I, mean, that's I took the money good, when that's it was like three forty. Yeah, that's probably just a good yeah. value bet. Um, all right, so we have under or I have under on the Chiefs. Broncos, Raiders over on the Chargers. You have under on the Raiders and the Broncos push on the Chiefs and over on the Chargers. So, yeah, that's how we feel about the AFC West. We'll answer a couple questions now. Do you have anything else you want to say about the Chargers? No, just condolences, man. Yeah. Like thoughts and prayers. We're we're with you all the way, nuts and bolts still, but it's going to be a rough ride. I already know it. Yeah. Uh, first question from In Transit at In Absentia eighty three. With the loss of Hunter Henry, will the Chargers rock the four wide receivers set and make Virgil Green a strict blocking tight end? I don't know anything about Virgil Green's blocking, but I mean they 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 have the bodies to go for a receiver because Travis Benjamin is still kind of sitting there wasting away. Um, I think I saw a stat this week that said one point eight percent of NFL snaps are four wide four wide receivers. So it's just not how the the NFL doesn't play a spread look at all. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe, but maybe. They, they would be they would be innovative by doing it. So I, I hope so. You know that w- that would be a Chargers thing to do to be innovative with that, and then 
have somebody else do it better, like within the same season. Uh, <laughs> just be, be innovative in the four wide outlook, and then like have have the Chiefs just never attach Travis Kelsey to the right, line exactly. for the entire. Uh, but I mean, just in terms of four wide receiver sets, Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin, Travis right? Benjamin. Yeah, yeah that's if, like a, if Benjamin if Benjamin is the fourth guy on that list, you're doing you're doing pretty good. You're, you're, yeah, you're you're killing it, and we still don't know anything about Mike Williams really. Uh, so uh, the next question from uh, J- from Jeremy Bell Gau, uh Kai Big Bettis: Will Felipe spring loose from purgatory and win the division for the first time in a decade? In such a bad division, what can we expect the Chargers to do to blow their uh, their otherwise playoff shoe in? I uh, I mean, what can they do to blow it? I mean, just wait and see, and they'll probably do it for you. I, I, you can't They've come up with many ways. It's hard to predict like how they're gonna blow it because you don't predict them tanking the first month of the season like you did last year uh you don't expect them to do dumb stuff like lose games to the browns 0 and 14 browns where rg3 can barely compete complete a pass and you get nine sacks and still lose that game somehow it's just you know they're they have a pretty good chance of blowing it history says but on paper they're still the best team in this division i mean Do do you know who is on their roster as a kicker right now uh, I do not. Roberto Aguayo. Oh, there it is. There yeah, it is, baby. There's your answer. We That's... can do it. <laughs> we can fucking do it, man. In a soccer stadium, nonetheless. Let's let's go there. Yep, and you know, and watch this. Since the run defense is going to be bad, watch them. They're going to end up in games like where you know it's going to be Philip Rivers driving down because teams are going to milk the clock on them a little bit, and you're going to have Philip Rivers driving down to have. Uh, to set up a game-winning field goal attempt by Robert Aguayo, and that's how the Chargers are going to blow all of this. Uh, let's see. Next question from Jeff Skinner, like Lecker at Barrow underscore Jake. LeBron James will be a top blank QB if he switched sports right now. Well, he'd be able to run, so that gives him a leg. He's better up. than Flacco. He's pro- yeah, he's probably better. <laughs> okay. Let, let's let's start there. He's better than Flacco. Let's period. Yeah, he's better than Joe Flacco. He's better than whoever wins in Buffalo. Right. Uh, I'm confident. I'm confident a fully motivated LeBron James would be better than anyone who who went in Buffalo. Yeah, and people say LeBron James would be a, a top tight end, which I mean, which you probably could, but like, dude, you see the passes this guy makes and it, like just his overall feel for the game. I think if he had trained to be a quarterback, he could have been one of the goats. Uh so we know we know he's better than Buffalo. We know he's better than what? What are the teams we just say? Uh, Flacco. Flacco. He's better than Flacco. Would you take? Uh, would you take LeBron James over? Wow, there's actually a lot of decent quarterback situations right now in the league. Right. Yeah. This is one of the things that we we run into with like when people talk because right now is when people talk about like draft prospects and stuff, right? For like quarterbacks. And the issue is, like, no team really needs a quarterback now. Like, every team has a young quarterback at least. So, like, most of these teams are pretty set other than, like, Buffalo and then, I like, the Giants. Uh, Eli? Is, he be- is, is LeBron James better than someone <laughs> is with LeBron James better? Is LeBron James better than Eli? Is LeBron James a better quarterback than Eli Manning? I'm going to say yes. Just, just why not? Uh, I think LeBron James, like, could he be better than Ryan Tannehill? Could he produce the same offense that Ryan Tannehill does? That's true, because Ryan Tannehill <laughs> has played like two two seasons at quarterback more than LeBron James has at quarterback. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just I don't know with the physical abilities, he could he could he could probably turn himself into a starter within a year. So let's just say we'll we'll call him a, a top twenty nine. <laughs> a top, top twenty nine. LeBron James would be a top twenty nine NFL quarterback if you give him an off season to work. Uh. Our old pal, or you know, pal Ian Kenyon. Ian Kenyon has a question: Do the Raiders stay committed to Derek Carr for the long term if they crash and burn this year, as we expect them to? A recent extension has a 2019 out in it. Dead cap goes from 7.5 million, 5 million to 2.5 million in the three next years. So, if he stinks this year, they could absolutely cut him. Yeah, they could. Um, there's a lot of funding money in that contract. That's one of the things that I was saying at the time. Uh, Garoppolo's contract kind of like that too where if San Francisco wants out in like 2020 they could be like clean hands nothing um so I guess it could but like 
I guess the conversation of me is more the more interesting part of like the car release thing is like how bad does he have to be, right? How bad does he have to be before you give up on him and you say I'm gonna go find a quarterback? Because th- those two things are very different, right? If you think he's a top 16 quarterback or you think that you can get better by finding another quarterback in free agency or the draft in a class that I I don't think we're excited about anyone other than Justin Herbert. Um, yeah, so even, I don't, I don't, even he didn't play that much last year. Yeah, he got hurt. Um, so I don't know. Like they, they could, and Gruden definitely has like a, a short leash on quarterbacks, but I don't even know how bad – like Flacco last year, right? If he has a year like Flacco had last year, do you keep him for another year? Mm, no. Like he would have to – I think he would have to be like Kaiser bad. Because I don't think – I don't even think the – if you ask the Ravens right now, like, like if they had an out, would they cut Joe Flacco? I think the answer is yes, right? I mean, they drafted a yeah, they, they drafted a quarterback. So I don't, I don't. I think, I think they told you with their money. Yeah, I, I mean, Carr, like he's he, Carr's not as bad. Okay, as Flacco. we'll say Eli, Eli Manning. He didn't get replaced. Right, he didn't. I mean, I mean Derek Carr's still young enough, and I, I think one thing that we've, I mean, one thing at least that I've kind of figured out through watching Matt Ryan over the years is that it takes a long time to to consistently be a good quarterback like it it really does take years and years and years and years and years of of starting to figure out I mean look at Alex Smith look at Matthew Stafford it takes it takes guys a long time to figure it out so I mean I I bet they probably have I told you my hottest take what that like Blake Bortles might be a couple years away I mean, if you if you look at the trajectory that he's on, right, right, I'll, I'll, and like a lot, a lot of it is lot. based around like what talent he has around him. But if you look at like trajectory of like old quarterbacks, because I did this big ass project where I adjusted every pass in NFL history for the defense quarterbacks were throwing against, and like we could figure out like how valuable each quarterback was in individual games and like for the year and for uh, their careers, basically. And there were a lot of guys like Aikman guys like that who kind of had Alex Smith type of careers, you know, a guy like uh, Rich Gannon, um, trying to think Jeff George for a bit was actually like way better than people thought he was, um, where guys like don't really peak until they have like five years under their belt. But if you get those five years under the be- your belt, it's kind of hard to be bad that consistently. So like Bortles, Bortles might be there. Yeah, like, I mean, he could he could absolutely turn out to be solid, you know. Like we, he he was way less awful last. Like he was an average quarterback last year. Yeah, absolutely average. Uh, I mean, and, and going back to their 2015 season, uh, they were. I mean, he was more efficient. That was than that them. was like that was like that was big volume. time garbage time though. Right, and, and I mean like historical garbage time where like teams weren't even playing in the red zone because right. like Jacksonville was down. And scores. I think you know if you're looking at Bortles and you want to be optimistic, you you have to look at it and say he produced when the games were close this year. Which is right. a, a huge, a huge stepping stone for him, and it, you know he did, it, it, he did well against New England in the AFC Championship game. Right, he did, and even versus Pittsburgh, you know, he had a, a, a couple clutch scrambles that kind of kept the game in check for them uh, and, and allowed them to move the chain. So, you know, it, it wouldn't be surprising to see him kind of figure it out, just because there is such a hard curve to learning quarterback in the NFL, and, and you know, you see guys like Matt Ryan, where you know, if, if you did just look at the stats for Matt Ryan, it wasn't anything special last year but you just kind of watch like how hard it is to leave it be like consistently accurate and stuff like that so uh and, and going through your reads and not being phased by pressure it takes years of, of practice to to hone that so uh like it wouldn't be surprising getting back to the Raiders if, if Carr kind of stepped it up in these next couple of years but if he just absolutely bombs this year I, th- I think you just might as well let him loose okay uh all right let's do one more question. Uh, this is from the respected madman at KHMakerD. What team from the division is most likely to win a Super Bowl, and what would they have to fix to accomplish that? I mean, based on paper, Chargers. it's the Chargers. And what would they have to do to fix that? Is just, <laughs> get out, get, get out of their get, own way. Get out of their own way. Because, I mean, on paper, they – look, if you have if you have like a dominant pass offense and a, and a dominant pass defense, like you should be like having a bye every year, but they – they didn't because uh, they're the Chargers, but it'd have to be the Chargers just because I think they're probably the most talented team. Uh, jo- Joey Bosa is like 
if we're talking about young assets, Joey Bosa is easily top five in the NFL, right? Yeah. As as pure football players as it stands right now, he might be the third best defender on his own defense. Yeah. I mean, like you can make that argument. You, you absolutely like, can. Having, having that much talent on a team should be able to push you, especially when you have a dominant quarterback. You know what I mean? Like if if your complement is a defense that has, you know, what people think is, you know, a borderline generational talent as their third best defender, you should win a lot of games. You should be winning ten games easy. You should be getting a bye in a weak AFC where really no one other than the Patriots is locked in as a contender. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's that's all we got for this episode. Uh, rate, subscribe. Five stars. We're going to continue the podcast even as, you know, we kind of start branching out into other aspects of life. Uh, Probably won't be consistent, but we're definitely going to try to get to you like at least once a week moving forward. So shout out to all of you supporting. Thanks again. Adios.